Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, welcome back, everyone. It is something that I personally feel is an epidemic now of people going through this one thing. And a lot of us are dealing with it more so after the pandemic. I'm talking about anxiety and also depression. And there's many different ways that you can heal from it. Some of us gravitate toward medication. But what if you didn't need medication? What if there was a holistic way to heal from the challenges of anxiety and depression? We're going to talk about that today with somebody who skillfully unites her life's work in the healthcare arena with expertise in the healing arts and subtle energy-based medicine healing modalities. She's got 30 years of experience developing health promotion and disease prevention programs. She's also served as a healthcare planner, manager, educator, outreach facilitator, facilitator, and, and so much more. And it's wonderful to have her here. She helps people all over the place, from New York to Washington to South Florida, where she's based. And she is the woman that's behind a great, great organization. We're going to learn more about her right now. Beatrice Simbernoff joins us on the program. Welcome. How are you, Beatrice? I'm very well, Steve. Thank you for having me. Wonderful to have you here. And this is something that a lot of us are dealing with. Even before we get to that, you're... Your practice is called Healing Hearts, Healing Minds, which, by the way, I love the title. It says it all there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it was chosen. It was chosen very uh, carefully because the work at its core exactly encompasses both the mind and the heart, both the mind, body, mind, body, and spirit. And this is what this work is all about. With that said, can you tell us your mission, your vision for Healing Hearts, Healing Minds? Oh, sure, sure. Thank you for asking that. Uh, we are a nonprofit and we devote ourselves to helping, teaching, and empowering all individuals, but particularly, particularly those suffering from anxiety, depression, or the loss of a loved one uh, to improve health and overcome trauma. And as you rightly pointed out at the very beginning of this uh, talk, it is something that affects all of us, certainly at some point in our life, but it affects uh, all of us. And, and we are sometimes thrown into, into it um, quite drastically, uh, quite suddenly, such as the pandemic, of course, but many other in many other situations, and and uh, we are not taught or educated into how we can uh, begin to unravel who we are and identify uh, the things that we need to uh, expose to light and 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 transmute and heal. We're not taught and educated in these ways at all uh, throughout our life. It takes, unfortunately, it takes a. Uh, uh, an event, a, a sudden event, a, a bioshock to to throw us into into it, and then we are forced to uh, to deal with it, and then we start to look uh, for uh, solutions. But most people are programmed already, pre-programmed already to just look for the quick fix or the pill. Yep. Uh, and that is kind of our knee-jerk reaction, so to speak, because we have been, unfortunately, conditioned 
to take that route from the get-go. Unfortunately, that route is not all that it is, um, may, you know, make you believe. And it's not uh, the solution. They can temporarily help the individual uh, uh, deal with the acute anxiety or depression, but it will only mask the symptoms that the individual experiences, and it can actually make it worse by the various side effects that uh, invariably it will have. And it can it can continue to complicate, but it will do nothing in terms of um, helping the individual understand themselves and how they can um, truly heal at, at, the, at the core from the root of it. So this is why uh, I decided to, um, to, to found and, and build this organization to give in today's world an alternate viewpoint, perspective, solution that it would be more beneficial and more lasting in its benefits and it uh, helps the individual understand actually what they what the work their individual work is in this lifetime and so it is a, it is a, a work that requires um commitment discipline love and many other things to be uh, successful but it is very much worth it and i believe this is the the way of the of the future i'm hoping I completely agree with you, Beatrice, and I, I firmly believe that the medication, you know, where a lot of doctors, practitioners throw throw meds at the problem, if you will, is a product of our healthcare system where there's just not enough time for every practitioner uh, to meet with patients, you know, many times right. because they're on a schedule and you got to cram as many in because the insurance companies aren't paying as much as they probably should. Yeah. You got maybe 11 minutes. I think that's the average with a doctor. So they're not really Correct. hearing the whole situation and they just turn, I've experienced it with loved ones and they just turn around and say, all right, you know, I'll, you know, I'll write this uh, script for you and well, let's give it a month and see how it goes. Exactly. I, I want to go back to, the word trauma. Now, some of us conjure up a picture of a very traumatic experience, like a car accident or something like that. But when we say trauma, it's that and and so much more. So how would you define trauma for us? That's really a good question because most of us, when we we associate trauma with a, a very a severe a situation or incident event. Trauma, generally speaking, trauma is any event that is anchored in the past, that occurred in the past, that, uh, uh, that, that is negative and that it has a very lasting emotional response in the individual. And it continues to uh, vibrate, it continues to uh, show its effects in the present, in the present, even though the, the event may have happened in the recent past or in the very far past, it it, re, it continues to show its detrimental effects in every aspect of the life in the individual's presence. So it can interfere and distort the present and the way the individual interprets 
his life and his situation. So when you come into into um, a situation that it can uh, be similar, it will trigger an immediate immediate anxiety or severe anxiety or panic attack or depression according to what it is because it will uh, bring it up. It will reactivate the trauma. So the individual will learn certain things to avoid uh, in the present. So it, it continues to have bad effects uh, forward, moving forward and distort the person's reality in ways that are not uh, good for the individual. Mm. And so it, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed uh, uh, carefully and, and, and consistently to, to heal it. So with these traumas, are, th- are they a direct connection to anxiety and depression? I would say yes. I would say uh, yes, definitely. Because if we think back to... Um, what is at the root or what are what would be the root causes of anxiety and depression or fear we are led back to um internal conflicts that the individual may have with with themselves mm-hmm. uh, we are led back to all sorts of emotional uh, storage of emotions that the individual has had and accumulated and accrued and absorbed uh, from its environment, from its upbringing, from its uh, family, from its uh, transgen- transgenerationally, um, from this lifetime, and, and uh, including uh, past lifetimes and the past lifetimes of uh, uh, generations uh, past. So this is all mm-hmm. within uh, stored within our DNA as well. Uh, in addition... In addition, uh, whenever we experience a very negative uh, event or trauma, and, and traumas are really so diverse and it ranges from, you know, very mild incident or event to, to the most severe ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it runs the gamut. Uh, just to give you an example of a universal trauma that all human beings transition through, I can give you two examples of universally. So there's no one that can escape a trauma. And, and this is what um, makes it so uh, important then to understand that uh, in, in, uh, what happens to us is that even our birth, our very birth is a trauma because for, mine, for nine months, we are um, cocooned uh, in, in the womb of our mother and uh, taken care of and given every nourishment, hopefully, every every protection, and uh, we are given an environment that can be under normal circumstances conducive to good growth and development in that womb. It's all taken care of for us, for us um, immediately. But when we come out uh, through that birth canal, into this world, we're talking that, that already you're coming out into the unknown, into a totally new environment. There are no guarantees, and for everyone, it's very different. So that alone, that coming out of that birth canal, and uh, and sometimes it's naturally, and sometimes it's by 
by cesarean and sometimes it's by force. So it, there will be many variables involved in that, but that is by itself a traumatic event, let alone then afterwards in trying to interpret and if the environment is okay, then you mm. then you begin to learn and interpret even non-verbally if it's an environment that's going to be to to meet your needs, uh, survivally speaking, and so on and so forth. So um, we can give many other examples, but it all it is all tied up to how the individual is uh, brought up and and if if it's met their needs, if it's loved, if it's protected, if it's taken care of, it will immediately uh, accrue and interpret and it will build a perception of the world congruent with what he or she experienced in the first years of life. Uh, and they say, right, that the first three or four years, uh, yep. the first four yep. years of life are, are, are absolutely critical to that. So uh, a lot of our perceptions already have been uh, founded and, and, and built uh, through those first three or four years of life. And the individual will start to have uh, and, and conceptualize and either have a good belief a system, or it can um, interpret an event um, in a way that already develops a self-limiting belief with which that by itself is another root cause of anxiety, fear, and depression. Mm. Because a self-limiting belief, uh, by the very virtue of what it is, will start to create a certain reality for the individual. And by its very definition, self-limiting already limits us a great, a great deal. You so, bring up you bring up so many important points that many don't don't understand or haven't figured out yet. Uh, and you say zero to four. I've heard zero to seven, but yeah, it's it's just a couple yes, of years. Um, correct. It's almost. I'm trying to think of the best word. Scary comes to mind first. How? Yes. The first four or five years, whatever, of your life, you're a kid, you're, you're a child, you're a toddler. Yes. And whatever you experience there charts the course for your future, sets in those, those self-limiting beliefs. And you also, Beatrice, identified too that it's, it's generational. So these things could have been passed on to you before you were even born. And of course, uh, you know, I didn't even think of it, but- being born is traumatic in itself. I got to believe for, for, for an infant, uh, yes. let's say it was a challenging birth and that could have, you know, put some kind of limiting beliefs in there. Um, wow. <laughs> lots lots yes. to think about here. And, you know, I, I only figured this stuff out about three years ago in my journey. And the yes, first tell the, me. And the first thing I think of is if I knew all of this stuff and you know, I think my, my kids, they're teenagers now. And one is older than that. I think they're, 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 they're good. There's some challenges like any teens have. Um, I would have parented, I would have parented way differently knowing all the stuff that we're talking about today. I agree. I agree that they, I, I wish it would be embedded in our, in the curriculum, mm-hmm. uh, in the educational system um but it's not in fact it's it's the opposite we are conditioned uh, uh, into not trusting ourselves 
yep. uh, into into uh, simply accepting or uh, swallowing uh, uh, whatever authority figures have for us and not questioning it mm-hmm. uh, at all. And so the conditioning is uh, it goes in the even opposite direction. So the work that we have to do each of us individually is first unlearn certain falsities, false truths that have been given to us. Many of those uh, belief systems are, like you said, uh, are, are um, handed down to us. We've inherited those uh, and many others are learned. What we have to understand that if they are learned, they can be unlearned. Any self-limiting belief can be uh, changed. We can have it, but we can also have the power and the resources within ourselves to change them and to um, reprogram or re-entrain our minds to think differently and to question and challenge those belief systems that we can uh, can see that they are not good, productive, and that they no longer serve um, our well-being, our health, uh, our course in life. And so something has to change. Mm. Uh, it's never too late, never too late, because we'll continue to learn. So this is exactly what the work about. I see uh, clients in my um practice of all ages, even beginning um, with three years old. Uh, so of all ages. Uh, so it, it it's never too late to address this. And the beauty of doing so and taking this work seriously is that you are really giving the best gift to yourself, not only to yourself, but you give a, a beautiful gift to your children and grandchildren because now they won't Mm. have to deal if you do your work correctly they won't have to deal with the consequences of having transmitted unwittingly unwantedly unconsciously things that truly you do not want them to think or to believe or to act upon uh there's so much to talk about here because this stuff is the the foundation for for our futures. And we don't even realize why we act the way we act, why things trigger us. Um, Can you give an example of of how something could manifest itself into a a self-limiting belief and how to reverse it or how you help people reverse those limiting beliefs? Uh, That's really an excellent question. So let's go to a, let's give the example uh, taking it from birth, and now the this uh, infant is uh, growing up in a in a family mm-hmm. uh, in which the parents are themselves very stressed and have no choice. But both parents have to work very hard to put food on the table, and uh, this uh, infant is uh, given another caregiver, and the infant. Um, somehow grows up feeling uh, not quite safe or not quite uh, protected um, and not Mm. quite um, has already again and again, again and again, uh, not met his basic needs or ate when he needed to eat or 
uh, felt cold for very long periods of time. I'm just giving an example. Sure. It can be many, many, many examples within uh, the sphere of, of uh, a, a baby growing up, uh, uh, not feeling um, loved even or, or, or touched enough. So that individual will already learn that this world uh, will perceive this world as, as an unsafe world, as a dangerous world, as a... As a um, like they're alone, they have to fence for themselves. So those can later on translate into either a, a, a belief that they're not lovable because they were left alone. So they, they may say, well, I'm, I'm not lovable or I'm, 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 uh, I'm not uh, good enough. Or, or a feeling uh, of I, abandonment. or Correct, the feeling of abandonment, for sure, for sure. And that wow. will translate, yes. So that's how it can translate uh, in, into uh, many, many different types of self-limiting beliefs mm. and, and store those emotions. And, and it will um, begin to distort the way in which that individual would relate to others and 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 may not be able to then um open up emotionally uh, for a good healthy relationship so it can go on and on and on and so forth that's an example um, and you know what peaches I, I i have to jump in here and just say that please the things that you said that could have created this limiting belief in the example that's just basically a normal kid growing up, but Correct. it's not like the parents did anything wrong. It's just the way it was. And every child is different. You know, you, you could have little Jimmy and you could have little yes. Johnny. Jimmy yes. internalizes what happened when he grew up in, in a certain way. He didn't, didn't get fed you know, on time or whatever it might be. Uh, yes. And then the other child, yeah, no problem. You know, it, that, that yes. didn't even bother me. Um, Again, back to my word scary, because it's, you know, these these things, normal life here um, yes. is 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 like our GPS for our adult life. But until you figure it out, uh, and, and that's with your help and your, your organization, you're going to be going through life uh, thinking that you can't, you aren't good enough and you, exactly. you can't find the exactly. right relationships or... Uh, you you keep getting into relationships that are not supporting you because you're looking for something that's missing because of that that limiting belief. Um, we there's so much to talk about here, and I, I correct correct Steve, and, and and let's let's take even the opposite situation just to get a a, a more a expanded view. You can have, like you said, you can have another. A infant growing up in a family member which are all the time with the baby and the mother is at home and that mother is very, very protective. You would even say overprotective. And that baby is growing up in an environment of, let's say, overprotection. And that individual may grow up not developing the skills, the inner inner skills necessary to, to, to defend or to thrive for uh, by itself because it will overly rely on on others for its well-being. So you sure. can have you know all sorts of scenarios, um, and and it's it, you know life is not perfect. So sure. that yeah. that's why you have to take the uh, as an adult. Then you you want to take um, 
authority, you want to take agency, you want to be now proactive and really do pay attention of what reality you are constructing for yourselves and understand what's working and not working for you. And then we can help the individual identify belief systems that are that are rooted, sure. that, that are hidden in their subconscious minds that uh, are leading them in uh, leading them in different uh, pathways. And, and we, that's part of our work that we help the individual identify it for themselves and then we uh, help them help them to to heal. But one can begin, you did ask me the question of what might be a way to reverse that trend, right? Reverse that that course and to begin to heal. I'm going to have so, to push the pause button here and we yes. get to that because we're out of time. And I wish oh we could, gosh. yes, it just speeds by. I wish we could continue because it's, we're at the point of the healing point, if you will. Um, but there's so much more to talk about. I want to tell everybody if they want to connect with you and the organization and even to start the conversation, is it as simple as going to the website, healingheartshealingminds.org? Yes, Steve. They may visit the website. They will find all the information there. They can also call me directly at my number, 561-599-1201, and we'll be delighted to connect with them and answer any questions, concerns that they may have. In my journey of studying this over the last number of years, everything that you've said is in alignment with everything that I've learned, but you take it even steps deeper in, in helping people and different modalities to get that done. So I truly appreciate you being here today, Beatrice. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to express myself and, and to and, you know give this information. Sure. Thank you again. There's lots more to talk about, and I look forward next time we get a chance to get together. Me as well. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Healing Hearts healingminds.org. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Of course my kid's in the right car seat. Well, I think he is. Yeah, my kid's in a booster seat. He was ready to move up. He is ready, right? Her car seat looks like the right size. There are probably rules on when to move up to a booster seat, aren't there? Rear-facing, forward-facing? I think I have it right. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Are your children in the right car seat for their age and size? Don't think you know. Know you know. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat. I know my child's in the right car seat, or else I wouldn't get in the driver's seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.